0: This is Tyler and Adam's pretentious podcast. How's it going, everybody? To our listeners tonight, we are rolling into our second episode of season two, and Ooh. we're kind of getting back into the vibe of things. Feels pretty good so far. If you listened to last week's episode, it was a little bit out of our uh, our out of our atmosphere. I don't know <laughs> if that joke is appropriate or not. But I think it's funny, but uh, yeah, tonight we're we're grounding things again, and we're going to sit down with uh, Jake Olson. He is a film composer, he a film score composer, I guess you would say, uh, from L.A., and uh, he agreed to come on and kind of tell us about what it is he does. So on that note, hey, Jake, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself a little more than I already have, I guess?
1: Yeah, hey, hey, um, that's right. I am a film composer and sound designer for film, TV, media, basically anything you can write music to. So, yeah, that's what I do. I, I'm living in L.A. I'm from Washington, D.C. And, you know, I think it's just a really it's a really interesting thing that not a lot of people know about, you know, because when you watch a movie, you're not thinking, oh, that was a really interesting horn line that came in as the guy crashed the car. You know, you're not thinking about it. But that's, you know, the point. You're not supposed to think about it. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. I love doing it, and it's a really unique way to use music.
2: No, that's, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's great, man. So, uh personally, I think about that kind of stuff but only cuz I was a band nerd in high school. I'm like, "Oh, those French horns."
1: <laughs> I was a band nerd too. Big band
0: nice. nerd. What was your instrument, man? I actually uh, wanted to ask you that if you were uh, you know, a musician yourself or if you just kind of pulled the strings.
1: Yeah, so I was definitely It's hard to be a composer if you're not a musician, without a doubt. Though I'm not, I'm not a good. I couldn't play music for someone else professionally, uh, but so I started out in school on trumpet in elementary school, uh, and so I, you know, kept playing in band and stuff. And then in high school, I picked up the drums, and that kind of became my aim, main instrument because I just really liked hitting things. <laughs> and then as once I got to college, I really started on piano as I started to write more music. Um, I I can do a little bit of everything like if I need to do something on clarinet or something I can do a little bit or it's just you know make some sounds on other instruments but drums and piano and trumpet are the main ones.
0: No I I hear you man Uh, I actually I guess I play music myself Um, some Mm -hmm. days I don't know if I call myself a musician or not but (laughs) I've I've played in some bands and stuff and uh, I've played out a little bit so like like you said you kind of you can kind of navigate just about any instrument after a certain point, but what, ability, uh, I, what
1: instrument did you play?
0: Well, uh, I was never in band or anything in school. I did choir myself, but, um, <clears> uh, <throat> as far as instruments go, I primarily play guitar and I can play a little bit of piano. Like piano is fun, but
3: piano yeah, is I, fun.
0: Know, I, I just kind of uh jack of all trades. It. It's just like whatever I feel like doing for the week. I kind of pick up and, uh, Finesse my way around, but you, in, at the same, at, in the same token, there's people that have been playing a quarter of the time that I have, and they're ten times as good. So, I guess that just comes down to dedication to to the yeah, craft. Maybe they practice more than you do. That's what I'm saying. Dedication to the craft. I kind of just mm, uh you be cliche with it. I I, I jump around with <laughs> it, man. But it's just fun to talk to a musician. We don't. We've only had I think one other guy on here, uh Christian. Yeah, that mm-hmm. actually it like is an artist himself in that respect. And it's Mm -hmm. cool to have somebody else on that is it's sort of relatable
2: in that way, but that's pretty cool, man. Hey, let me ask you this real quick, Jake, do you have a favorite instrument that you like to hear in orchestrations or in movements or pieces uh, that you're fond of, but you yourself do not play?
1: Yeah. Well, you, you uh, just mentioned it. Actually. I, I, I love the sound of a French horn. It's just absolutely gorgeous. So I really like that and then, so I'd say, yeah, if I really just want to hear a beautiful sound, probably French horn or clarinet is pretty beautiful too. Absolutely. Um, But uh, actually, what am I saying? No, clarinet and French horn, but if you want emotion or if I want emotion, you know, strings is, strings are where it's at above all, you know? That's why all you, mostly what you hear in film is just strings. And hey,
0: man, um, I I do want to ask you, uh, just for the record, at the end of all of this, whenever we finish on your, you know, whenever you have a second, I was hoping that you might shoot us a a little sample of uh, some of your music. uh, That way we could maybe throw it at the end for our listeners. Absolutely. Thanks, man. No problem. For sure. Appreciate that, man. I was actually going to
1: ask if you if you wanted me to send you something to just put up. That'd be great. I'd love if you put some music up there.
2: Yeah, we we checked out your website, and uh, I listened to a little bit. From what I've heard on your SoundCloud, it's awesome, dude. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I can I can actually. I'll send you a sample of something new, not up there for a film I'm on right now. Hmm.
0: That sounds that sounds really awesome, man. Um, speaking of that, uh, let's kind of talk about if you don't mind. uh, Let's talk about some of the stuff that you've already done. You want to give us a little bit of a background on that? Kind of uh, Mm -hmm. early career.
1: Yeah. So. I've done, you know, obviously right now, mostly what I've done is our indie projects. Uh, so I've done a few a few films. Uh, most most notably, I was a co-composer. So I only wrote a few minutes of music on a documentary called uh, Cuban Earth hmm. that actually won, I think it was two telly awards last year in the non-broadcast division. So that was good. I really liked that. It was about a... It was about this environmental activist group in Cuba that, you know, didn't have any money, but they would just grab weird stuff from landfills and put on shows in, in these really poor villages. Uh, so that was really interesting. Uh, a few months ago, I completed a drama, which wasn't documentary. It was a, a short film drama called Noor that should be coming out soon that uh, was a really... Powerful film that the it's just about a Syrian refugee who's separated from her family. She's in America and they're still in Syria trying to get out. It was a really powerful film, and I think especially right now, you know, with the current state of the world, there's a whole lot of problems like that going on. Uh, so I think it was a good a good film for the moment right now.
0: It's relevant. no, that-
1: relevant. yeah, relevant. And I think a lot of people can. Obviously, I'm sure the listeners don't totally understand what I'm talking about since they haven't seen it. But it was just a film that a lot of people can empathize with, you know, a common struggle among a lot of people. And so, yeah, these are all these are all films that I wrote the music for.
0: And, you know, we can we can go as far uh, at the end here as, you know, kind of tagging some of this. That way people can maybe go check out your work in action and like see it in the completed product, I guess Um, we can do that. That's great. That'd be really cool. And uh yeah. gonna go ahead and check out some of it myself. I mean, we checked out your site, but we haven't actually checked out any of the films that they've that been-
1: site is also uh pretty outdated. I need to update it, especially because I've I've done so much in the past few months. I'm just bad with the whole branding thing, something I'm trying to get better at. But so I'll send you some stuff for sure.
0: No, that's thank you. Thank you very much. So do you typically only deal in like the indie scene or have you done anything bigger
1: yeah so mostly it's been in the indie scene it's not in the indie scene that some people might think of you know really weird experimental films they're not weird experimental films um well some of them are but it's just you know young filmmakers trying to make great stories uh all I've done is short films, except for that documentary was still a short film, but it was a really long one, like 25 minutes. Uh, so yeah, just kind of in the small you know, artist scene that's not big budget Hollywood, although that is the ultimate goal. That's where I am right now. Um, and it's not just films. I've been doing some other stuff lately too, like branching out into commercials and, and some podcasts. Uh trying to get more in podcasts because it seems like that's a pretty as you guys know that is a big industry. There's a whole lot
0: of them. Yeah, we're we're hoping yeah, like, to uh,
2: get our stake in while we still can. So <laughs> not to like shamelessly like ask this, but like uh feel free to make one for us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could do that. <laughs>
2: hey, shameless self promotion. Sure. I'm all do about. you
1: you it's guys, you guys don't podcast. have a um you guys don't have a theme, I know. I I think based on we what
0: don't. I heard our i i guess our vague theme is just interesting people i guess that's the I we'll love that.
2: interesting people please, the guests are the interesting no, ones no, please s- know that seriously maybe, that.
0: <laughs> just to be completely honest we tried at the beginning of this we tried we did to mm-hmm. do, ep- do episodes where it was just us and we figured out that we're not all that interesting <laughs> on our own. so yeah we're much better off with having people that are Actually. Interesting.
1: Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I say you guys are interesting, but you throw another person in there, it's like double the interesting, you know?
2: Yeah, you kinda, never know where the dynamic's going to lean.
0: It opens things yeah. up
2: a little bit. Uh, I feel like we're
0: a little too on the spot, and we only have so much to talk about uh, between the two of us. So that third person is sort of like a catalyst and keeps things moving along, keeps things interesting.
1: Yeah, well you got all these interesting topics when you bring in other people because people are just interesting, you know. No matter who you are, people are just really interesting. And so it's always interesting to me how everybody's where everybody's path takes them. Like I'm a film composer, you guys are podcasters. It's all different. So you throw someone else in there and you get to learn this whole new interesting perspective.
0: Oh, dude, we've talked to people that i I don't think either of us would have ever crossed paths with, whether it be in person mm-hmm. or virtually, like it's just like we we had a uh, this this girl from Ireland she's a- like she does uh, balloon fashion, yeah, balloon fashion, she makes dresses wow. and stuff out of balloons like balloon animals, but
2: wearable balloon animals basically, and not animals, but what do you say <laughs> animals like that? about like Tiger King in a very weird way <laughs>
3: <But> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's, That's
0: it's it's wild, man. And uh, having you on, I mean, you never know who is going to who you're going to connect with to to bring on from each week to the next. Like I didn't expect to, you know, have a composer on here, but here we are. And I think this is shaping up to be pretty dope episode so far. Oh
1: wait, I think quick. so too.
2: Sorry, back to back to the instruments. Just randomly, I need to know your opinion on this. How do you feel about trombones?
1: I love trombones. I do. I love you know. I love all the brass. Honestly, just it's like pure power. Why why do you ask that question? Are you not a fan of trombones? No, yeah, I played.
2: I I played trombone all through high school. Oh, great. Yeah, I took like eight years of piano growing up, and then like I forgot how to play entirely as an adult. Freaking band (laughs) geeks, but trombone, man, that's that's where it's at.
1: (laughs) Trombone's heavy, and trombone's good because.
2: You know, I obviously you can, got played a you lot.
1: Can create great jazz and also great orchestra sounds with trombone.
2: True. I love marching band. I miss that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. marching band is good yeah, I've never voice done voice. any it sort of music. marching band.
0: It's good stuff. So you know Sorry. <laughs> I know I know you've got uh you've got other engagements. Uh so I just want to get as much out of this as possible, man. Uh, how long have you actually been composing? Like I know you've done the band thing since school, but how long would you say you've actually been quote-unquote composing with the quotation yeah. I'm doing the air quotes right now but you can't <sighs> see. yeah
1: with the air with the air quotes i've been composing about uh five or six years i think Nice. um i've been doing i've been playing music a lot longer than i've been composing
0: hey that's that's i mean i i just don't know kind of how how do you even get into this
2: like what just like it? wake up and be like you know what <laughs> this is what i'm gonna do now
1: yeah, well, I went to I went to school for it, so that was very helpful. So I that, went was to, uh, that was the yeah, plan. That was the plan all along. Yeah, that was the plan all along. Yeah, so I went to Berkeley College of Music and got an actual somehow I got an actual degree in film scoring, hmm. uh, and so that was very very helpful. Not sure how the hell I would have done it without that. So
2: that is dope, <laughs> and
1: just having training in it makes it a lot easier because it's a whole lot of complicated work that you have to learn but now i know it and now i'm doing it
0: what's sorry go ahead i'm sorry adam i didn't mean to interrupt you go right ahead um i'm just uh curious man what's the process here like let's say you you get contacted and they're like hey we have this film that we need some scoring for i don't even know how you would really term that but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: I, what's the process? Like you, you get the so, gig. And I have a B part question to this after your answer.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's a long process. And I mean, you look at the, you know, big features, you know, the big, big budget Hollywood stuff. It's the film takes like two years and the score takes like several months. Um, so it's a long process. But for me doing these smaller films, uh, you you meet the director, you watch the film. For me, I watched the film like a million times. And you have what's called a spotting session, which is where the director and the composer just sit down or Zoom at the moment, Yeah. Uh, sit down and just go through the film and talk meticulously about where the director wants music and what kind of music that he wants. And for a film composer, it's, You know, you have a lot of creative freedom, but ultimately the director's vision is, you know, full stop what you need to do. You're not there to write what you want to write or how you interpret the film. You're there to write exactly what the director wants, um, because that's it's his or her vision. And so you're there just to facilitate the creation of the music. Um, So that's how... uh, film scoring is different from just a normal composer is you're not writing your own stuff. You're, you are writing your own stuff, but you're writing at the, at the director's behest, I guess. So you go through that spotting session, you figure out what the, what music is supposed to go where, and then you just write through the film. And sometimes you write it in order from start to finish. Sometimes you do some cues first. And so each piece of music is called a cue and you put together a cue sheet and that's the whole score. Um, and then there's a whole lot of technology now that we're in the modern era, you know, you're not writing it on paper, you're writing it all on a computer. Um, and that's, it's, it's a really interesting process and it takes a while, but it's really rewarding when you finish Mm -hmm. and you have a, a movie with your music playing.
2: Right, so so like without the director, I guess before that meeting, and you're given like you know the finished film, but there's no like you know backing tracks or anything like that. Do you ever just get any kind of freedom to just view a movie without any composition? You're like, you know what, I'm gonna make this action sequence really sad, musicy, you know, or like you get any yeah. kind of control like that aside from the direction. Any so, project done?
1: you know, you can do that, but if the director doesn't like it, then you got to switch it up. But right. I, I, I didn't mean it to sound like you're a, a slave to the director. It's not like that, but it, it's, you know, you're following the director's vision. And so for sure, if if the director wants you to put sad music at an action sequence, then you do it. But you can also pitch ideas to the director.
2: Like, have you ever had an instance where like, the director said, "Well, this sounds better. This is what I want," and you're like, "This really doesn't fit the tone of what I'm seeing as an audience member." Well, and you're, you're gonna, like pushback on that.
1: It's uh, it's really interesting, and th- this is like something you know all film composers deal with is especially one thing is the director uh, most directors don't know that much about music and I'm not trying to show, throw shade on any directors, but definitely it happens. Maybe not a lot, but it does happen where the directors says, Oh, I want a clarinet playing a, a sad theme here. And really what he means is he wants a violin playing a, f- a fast piece of music, you know, cause they, they think they know what a clarinet sounds like, but they don't. And so it's really important as a composer to just make sure they're talking about emotion. You know, right. not, the, not the music they say, I want this to be sad or moving. And then it's the composer who's like, I know how to make this sad and moving. Um, and that's definitely, I've done a few commercials, you know, like the little ads you see on the internet yeah. Uh and that's something I've dealt with a lot. The producer is like um I want a big big band here. And that and I write a big band. You know, I spend hours writing a big band piece and then they're like no, I don't like this at all. And it turns mm. out they meant something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting relationship uh between the director and the composer. Um and a lot of times it's a really amazing collaborative artistic collaborative uh, relationship that you can have. Uh, as and it's, so I'll say one more thing right about on. that is it's, it's really all about trust. Cause if you think about it, the director is, is saying is trusting, you know, this movie is his, is his brainchild. It's like something that he makes and he has to trust you, the composer to make sure it gets better and not worse. You know what right. I mean?
2: No, that's I'm sorry. Uh, did, I,
1: that hit, did that answer your question? It, I it did, I mean.
2: but I do. The, I do have a follow up to that. Is like, okay, say you've already met with the director, you've already got the idea of what you're composing. Is it ever intimidating, or does it ever give you anxiety uh, to work with an orchestra as a composer, or is like some people that you're familiar with, or is it always like a different group of musicians that you're, you know, orchestrating to make this happen? Yeah, do you
0: have your A team that you kind of roll with all the time, or can you <laughs> pick your orchestra?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't have an orchestra myself as much as I wish I did. Um, and so definitely, you know if you got a studio backed film, you they usually have a pretty big budget for recording and you can get as much as possible. But definitely on these smaller films, it's you usually don't have to you don't have much of a budget to record, maybe a few musicians. And so you really have to get creative with it. How can you use, uh, if you can only afford three people for three hours, you really have to figure out how can I write the score where I can get as much done with these three people so that we have live music and it's not all electronically created orchestra. Um, but I do have, you know, I I do have my go-to's for certain instruments for sure. The the A team, as you say, because <laughs> you know, then it also comes down to trust with your musicians. You have to trust your music. You have to trust in these musicians to turn your music into something powerful.
0: Hmm. That's that's really interesting, I you man. That. Yeah. Um. Okay. Just to mm-hmm. just kind of get a uh, little little insight into the sort of like the creative process, uh, a little more, um, let's say you get a project or just any project that you've done. Uh, how do you kind of garner inspiration from each piece to the next to kind of, uh, get yourself hyped up or like in the mindset to do your thing?
1: Hmm. That's, That's a really interesting question. And I think that's a question that has plagued artists, since the beginning of, you know, sentience, Um, or as since the beginning of, since artists have exist is, is inspiration, you know, and there's really, my view on it is that you can use techniques for inspiration, like take a walk or, or, you know, meditate, or if you're having writer's block, I mean, if you can't get inspiration, there's, like, little tricks you can do. But really, my view is it's just going to hit you at the right time. Whether it's not really up to you is my view. And it's just kind of you have to keep hacking away at it until inspiration comes and an idea comes to you. And Mm -hmm. the problem with my what I do and people who do this for a living and it's their monetary income problem is you don't really have time to wait for inspiration to strike you. You, if you're on a deadline, you know, so you really just kind of have to keep, you just have to sit there and keep trying stuff until something comes to you. And I think a lot of people have this idea of artistic inspiration as like Suddenly, a bolt of lightning hits you, and you write the most beautiful piece of music that anyone's ever heard. Hmm. And that's like, that's really not how it works, you know? <laughs> that's not how it works at all. And all you can do is just sit there at the computer and keep playing musical ideas until something sounds like a good musical idea. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of all you got. And that's so that that's what I do
2: do you ever have a tendency to like when you're not at work, like you're just walking down the street or something and do you feel like you const- are constantly composing in your head or is it like a switch you can turn on when it's, you know, for what you went to school for?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, it's definitely not like I'm constantly composing. You know, I like mm-hmm. to, if I can not think about it, then I won't think about it. But especially if I'm on, if I'm in the middle of a big project that, and I have a lot of music to write, Like right now, if I'm walking down the street and suddenly something comes into my head, you know, I got to write it down right away. Yeah, otherwise
2: you're going to definitely forget about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, otherwise I'm going to forget about it. So definitely I try to keep paper with me whenever I can or just some way to record music. Uh, But there are definitely moments where something just hits you. And that's, you know, that is kind of like a, a bolt of lightning strike of inspiration or an idea and I think that happens to everyone in their field, you know, whether you're a business executive or, let's see, yeah, whatever field you're in, you know, if you get an idea, it can hit you at any time. You know what I mean? Right. And so definitely that's a nice, I, so I, to answer your question, essentially there is no off switch. It's just constant, something I constantly think about. For it's sure.
2: always there do you have any
0: uh any like go-to movies uh that you're a particular fan of the you know the score work in it to kind of uh, like let's say you're hitting i don't know if you would call it like uh you know composer's block writer's block or whatever but um mm-hmm. do you have any like favorite movies that you're just like infatuated with the the just the sound that you kind of go to for inspiration or any that you just like hold close to yourself
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I've got a lot of them, but just a, a few of them. I really love if I got to write something big orchestral music, I really love all the Harry Potter movies. Oh, nice. I really like those because uh, the music is just unbelievable. John Williams just writes the most amazing music for those movies. Um, and then also, if I got to write something sad, I I love Schindler's List. Just a horrendously sad movie, but a really good movie um and then let's see what else
0: are, um, are you are you familiar with uh what is it Clint Mansell uh he did Requiem for a dream
1: oh I love that movie
0: that might that be my, my mind blowing like my my personal favorite uh music score in any film that I've seen that's the first one that I always think of
1: yeah i love that man i love that because that movie that movie is wild yeah no the movie yeah that's a great score
0: it blows my mind i saw that movie for the first time not to you know, just turn this into a record for a dream talk but <laughs> that movie uh i saw it for the first time when i was maybe 15 years old and it never gets old i've seen it probably 20 times <laughs> mm-hmm. and i i listened to the the soundtrack i listen to it on the way to work sometimes and it just kind of uh hypes me up for like an intense day and i don't know it's
1: just amazing <laughs> yeah that yeah that's an interesting movie where the soundtrack kind of conflicts with the story a little bit yeah um it's kind of like backwards uh yeah that's i i i'm glad you said that i really like requiem from dream and i also saw it when i was around that age 15 in high school and it was kind of when i was in high school i was like wow this movie is so heavy i you know, when you're a high schooler, you discover something and it just blows your mind. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that movie, too. That's I haven't seen it in a while. I should go. This is a good reminder to go watch it again.
0: Yeah, I'm going to end up watching it again. Now. I think it's been maybe <laughs> maybe three or four months since well, it might have been longer. When's the last time we sat down?
2: It and- was during quarantine. Time means nothing. <laughs> it might have been yesterday. It might have been five years ago. I don't know. Yeah, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I
1: can't it's, tell timing at all, man. Yeah, Not at all. In, no in perception.
2: I like earth. I like John Bryan. He composed uh, Eternal Sunshine and I Heart Huckabees, Magnolia, all those.
1: Another great movie. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is another great movie. I've That's what the, you're talking about, right?
2: Yeah, I have the uh, the Alexander Pope quote that they do in the movie, where the movie gets its name from. That was my first tattoo. Oh, really? Yeah, the How Happy is the Blameless Festival's Law, blah, 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 all that.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Love
2: that movie. I mean, I've seen it more than twenty times, and there's two times in the movie every time that I cry like a baby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And, and one of the reasons to is because Harry, the Carey you know. in that role is
0: just wild. It's different than what you expect to. I don't know. I, he's done a few serious movies, but it's one of those movies that it just kind of t- goes out of left field with uh, what you expect from him. So good.
1: Yeah, I so mean, he, was, he was very rarely movie. plays serious roles, and yeah, he did uh, the number twenty-three so that job.
0: Sucked. I liked the number twenty. Well, that movie was terrible. I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know what? That's that's fine. Adam. It was we predictable. We'll do a whole episode about it. What's what's your take on that, Jake? Settle the score on us. The number twenty-three, uh, good or bad?
1: The number twenty-three.
0: They say bad. I
1: don't think I've seen that actually.
2: Jim, you're Carey. not losing, You're not missing anything. It is. A- Am I really? Maybe I don't, don't know. Don't listen to him. Like him. Don't listen to him. I can't speak for your taste.
0: Yeah, it, it's. I think it's I didn't watch movie. it for
2: the film score. I'll tell you that much.
0: He plays like a <laughs> Jim Carrey plays like a detective, and it's a very serious role. Oh. And he's a detective that kind of uh starts to. Go crazy, or he thinks he is, he becomes obsessed with the number 23. Insert. Because
2: some serial killer wrote a book called The Number 23, he finds it in a library, he's like, Oh, this is my life now.
0: Yeah, he thinks that like this guy <laughs> has written a book about him, but I'm not going to ruin the twist for you. If you're going to make a point to go watch there's it, there's a twist. Is it supposed to be a good movie? It is a. Is that the twist? <laughs> 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 We'll settle this later. That's
1: but. interesting. I'm gonna have to go watch that now. I'm very curious.
0: Please do and let me know. Yeah, you gotta let us know who actually, uh, you know, was was on with this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll shoot you guys a message. Uh, <laughs> my we'll my professional opinion
0: on it.
2: Put a poll out.
0: But no, man. Uh, you know, aside from uh, you know the the inspiration side of things and the film scores, what? What is your like favorite movie? What do you just like to veg out to? What is your comfort film, I guess?
1: Mm. And yeah, interesting. You know, it changes all the time. Um, but not going to lie, probably right now, like it it changes constantly based on just what I've seen recently. Um, I really love Nomadland, the new film. Um that actually just won best, best be sure. Best picture, yeah. And, and, and Best Actress. mrs McDormand won Best Actress. Yeah. I think it was a really powerful movie. Um and so I've I've actually seen it a few times now. Cause, you know, some people don't like it. And a lot of people didn't think that it deserved best picture. Or not not a lot of people thought that, but a lot of people thought Minari should have been best picture. Uh, but yeah, I love Nomad Land, and that's another interesting score where it's so in the modern age, definitely, much more recently, a lot of scores are very minimalist. So there's very little music, and the music that is there is—it's kind of very little music. But when there is music, really, really powerful music. Yeah, and be, that's what maybe, it's like for Nomadland.
2: My big thing about that movie was the cinematography. It was just mind-blowingly beautiful.
1: I know, I know, that's kind and of it really
2: center of why I love Hollywood
1: yeah exactly. Well, that's why I love film. It's just like you feel you feel like you're there in the desert and the the plains in america uh, and that's what great cinematography can do is just give you this sense of awe and and you know, just give you this amazing sense of a giant. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It just gives you a feeling that you is very hard to replicate on your own.
0: It's a... I I don't know if you're getting at sort of like a connectedness to it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I kind of get that. when I've actually... I'm big into psych and everything. It's just like a hobby reader. And I actually did some research on this. And it's actually a certain personality type uh, that will sort of uh, make that Personal connection to film, and they will sort of like make like personal connections to the characters and the story that's being told. And I don't know, this is really fascinating. Wow, that's and fascinating. I didn't know that. Stor- certain writers, certain directors are really able to um, take advantage of that and suck people in, and it's just really cool.
1: I love but- that. Yeah, I totally, I totally believe that, and I think. That's definitely that's definitely how I feel. And that's interesting that it's a real uh psychological condition or maybe not condition, but it's a real thing that people yeah. feel.
0: And so you're mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, you're mentally ill because <laughs> you love
1: movies. That's terrible. I to fix you.
0: No, it's uh just it's fascinating, man. Um I I I don't know. I have certain movies that I will watch as like I said, sort of comfort films that I kind of use to ground me sometimes. Like they mm-hmm. kind of bring me back back to my center, I guess. And that's a I guess
2: a good explanation for that. Is one of them Garden State? Yes. <laughs> Garden State. Love that movie. Love that soundtrack.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's sounds definitely... like a vinyl. I
2: can't judge. It's just funny that I got that right.
0: <laughs> the shins, man. The shins are the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it. That's a that's another good one, man. Uh, what what kind of music are you listening to, like whenever you're not doing your your kind your of music? music. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs>
1: yeah, so, yeah, I know. So I I listen to a really really wide range of stuff because you know I listen to a lot of of scores and orchestral music, but I I'm a big fan of if I'm just not thinking about anything or I'm just driving down the road, I love some uh some kind of Folk and R and B and just kinda nice. feel good music. What kind uh, of music? And especially since I was like a rock drummer, I love just a nice R and B band or you know folk song that's just really heavy.
0: what, what is your uh fol- like folk? I love I love folk, like indie folk music. Uh what's yeah. your what is your jam?
1: I love uh shaky graves. Nice. And, um uh What's his name? Hold on, let me look him up. Yeah, I love I love Shaky Graves and Dan Auerbach is really good for some nice.
2: Oh know, yeah, from the uh, black keys, right?
1: Yeah, black keys are really good. Um the California Honey Drops is a really good kind of like funk band with a nice horn line uh horn group. Uh yeah, just kinda I like I like some feel good music that just kinda just a band jamming away.
0: Check out the uh, the paper kites, man. I shill that band on everybody that says they remotely like folk. I know me and Tyler (laughs) are almost most
2: kites over it. (laughs) No kidding.
0: Yeah, the paper kites. They're actually, I believe they're from Australia. But it's just really like, like you said, good, like feel-good music. Like I put them on and they just put me in a really good mindset. And like their their writing is just really intense. Like the the guy that uh like that does their uh, songwriting. He did an entire album where he only wrote for it between the hours of, I think, like 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. to sort of pick up, pick up on that vibe of, like, being awake in the middle of the night. Wow. And it's just, like, that's really cool. It's almost like method, method acting, but for writing music. And, yeah. like, just finding that out kind of sold me on that album. And you can, like, almost hear it. Like, there's just a, a an air to it that is just completely different than anything else that they produced just this one specific album what is the name of that album i'm gonna look that up a, that sounds like you should google it yeah i'm gonna google that <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think you can find that out actually
2: yeah let me. See. i'm not gonna lie one of my favorite uh, albums of all time just throw this weird plug out there third eye blinds first album
1: oh yeah I, yeah I, mean, I like third eye blind for sure one
2: narcolepsy and you know jumper mm-hmm. all those good ones
1: yeah that's cool. All right. I gotta I'll check out the paper kites and yeah, maybe I'll revisit Third Eye Blind. In high school I was really into third eye blind.
2: Yeah, hey, how old are you by the way? I am uh twenty-three. Nice. I forget that I'm ancient. How <laughs> how old are you guys? I'll be thirty-four this year. Twenty nine. Thirty-four and
1: twenty-nine. Nice. <laughs> I'm not nice. thirty-four
2: yet. Don't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Thirty-three and twenty-nine. Thank you. Nice kind of uh nice age to be at, you know.
2: Yeah, it's the prime of your life until the it all prime. goes down below because oh, you're that old. <laughs> the album the album is called uh,
0: 12-4 by the Paper Kites. That's the middle of the night one. Twelve Four, got it. And uh, yeah, he only 12-4. wrote within, like a, I guess it was a four-hour time span in the middle of every night. I don't know, I just figured I would uh, let you make a, a note that's of that. Wild.
1: Yeah, you know, that's just, I mean, it's the same thing as film. And all art really is just the artist, whether it's the Paper Kites or... A director is, you know, you're just trying to encapsulate human emotion into a physical or conceptual, um, thing or item, you know, like a film is just encapsulating all these relationships and, and just emotional, how is it? Just emotion and, and what we all feel as human beings, you know, just life and what it's like to be alive. And just like the, the paper kites, um, writing that album at, in the middle of the night is he's just, you know, putting his emotions at that time in his life into this physical or oral, um, piece of art and that's why we can all relate to it is because it draws us in just like movies or, or music it draws us in and and gives us those emotions yeah
0: it un- hand. it's like yeah. it's like a key that like i don't know unlocks like mm-hmm. that that gate so to speak like it's it's weird exactly. like, certain artists just have a knack for that
2: no like i'm not gonna lie i watched a commercial the other day i got really like emotionally attached to it it was like what maybe 48 seconds long but like the music was really good the whole storyline without even knowing what the commercial was about it was like oh the dad can't play basketball as well with his son as he wants to you got like you know the strings like there's a harp (laughs) or something i'm like oh my god this is so sad exactly it it turns out it was like a type 2 diabetes commercial (laughs) and i'm just sitting on the couch crying about it i was like i hope he gets it under control you know like but it was exactly news. man. It,
1: you're like you feel those emotions like right away.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's ridiculous. It's uh it's amazing the power some uh creators have over their audience. <laughs> That's
2: but <interesting>. yeah. <laughs> I cried. But no man, um okay, let's
1: <laughs> I'd cry too.
0: I'd
2: cry too if I had diabetes. <laughs> his, son, his, uh, his son was so happy to play basketball with him by the end of it. <laughs> God, well, I, I, it
1: sounds like their product is, is helping a lot of people play. You basketball. should have
2: heard the side effects, it wasn't good, but it's <laughs> But overall, I, you know um, that's what ruins
1: all those commercials. Is you're like, "Oh my god, they can't play basketball together." And then the side effects come in and you're like, "Oh, I wish this would end."
2: Yeah, right? it's like I'd rather just take
0: a pill and end it all. I work with a guy with diabetes <laughs> yeah. and I don't see him playing basketball, so I guess I kind of get it. Maybe he place.
2: doesn't like sports. It's not <laughs> your place to judge.
0: Uh, he plays badminton,
2: I think.
1: That's,
0: that's oh, well, badminton is a sport. <laughs> <laughs> Different
1: kind of sport.
0: Definitely. He's gonna listen to this now, and he's gonna be pissed off. <laughs> Sorry, God, I don't know. Called him out on his <laughs>
2: diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it type one or two? Oh, fuck!
0: I think it's type. I think it's. If type it's type one. one,
2: you're a bad person.
0: I think it's type one because yeah. he can't help that. I know he can't help it. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> funny. He'll he'll sit there and he'll uh have to do his
2: his. He'll be like, i gonna
1: say, wow, I should really get out and play basketball."
2: Right? right. Maybe that'll cure your diabetes. Yeah, he'll, he'll be sitting there. I think uh, that's what the
1: commercial was saying: is basketball cures diabetes.
2: That's maybe I missed the point. See, no,
1: the worst
0: thing is well, this dad guy missed the
2: three pointer, so I guess that's fair.
0: This guy slings candy bars out of his work locker, <laughs> so I don't even want to hear it. Please, like, what he's slinging candy bars? What out are you of his talking about? The diabetic guy.
2: Oh, Dang, okay. I was like, to, uh, what commercial was that? <laughs> no. I missed that part. That was the diabetic dad. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. That's how he got diabetes. He
0: <laughs> eating his own stash. I'm sorry. I do not have anything against people with diabetes to our listeners.
2: I just needed to... And I don't have anything against people eating either. their own stash. <laughs> I've done that. I owed a lot of money to a guy. Well, we just went way off topic. <laughs> sorry. Anyways. We just spent...
1: Diabetes. I mean, there are films with people who have diabetes, so it's kind of
0: connected.
2: Yeah, and I... I <laughs> Still Magnolias, drink your juice, Shelby. That's one of my favorite scenes of a diabetic person in film. <laughs>
0: what well, was it, the movie Panic Room?
2: Yeah, oh, he, Kristen Stewart.
0: <laughs> or Con oh, yeah. Air. Con Air, the guy needed his insulin. And, was that Bishimmy? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Is that what it was? I don't know.
2: It's been a long time since I've watched Con Air. Was Cared it, it. Nicholas Cage needed to get this guy his insulin, and he... I remember Trisha Yearwood did. did a song on the soundtrack, and then Liam Rhymes did the same song, and people got confused on the radio. But that's about it from that. Oh movie. man! But okay,
0: <laughs> back to you, back to you, Jake.
1: <laughs> I'm just enjoying. I'm just enjoying your your bantering about diabetes. And <laughs> it's usually not that easy to banter about diabetes. It's not, well, this we're, is
2: the most
0: thorough diabetic conversation <laughs> I've ever had. We're doing it, and I really, I don't, I don't know if I want to. If be anyone's doing it, diabetic <laughs> listening
2: to this, we love you. Yeah, so much. We support your We clients. love you more than none. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Adam's going to make a small donation. I will. In <laughs> Mike Pence's name. In Mike Pence's... Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you crossed the line. Oh, God. The diabetes didn't, but that crossed the That's line, weird. Adam. Okay, but, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Jake, back to you, man. This is actually about you and not diabetes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's uh, all good. When so, you're... When you're I'm sorry, Adam's laughing. I, yeah. I
1: enjoy diabetes as much as the next guy, don't get That's me
0: wrong. Fair. Wow. <laughs> okay, so when you need to kind of decompress, like what are your what are your other than music hobbies? I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to how to word that in the best way possible. Like let's yeah. say you're just you're over it for the day and you need to go do something other than something music related. What is it you're doing? Are you flying a kite? Do you do a boat jog?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I like, I like being active a lot. And so since I live in LA, I got hiking trails just uh, 20 minutes from me. And so I, I do a lot of hiking and I do a lot of running too. Um, I'm a big long distance runner. I'm training for a half marathon right now. And so I really love that. And that's, you know, just getting out since I spend literally all day just at my computer writing music. It's really nice to just get out of my house and do something active.
0: I'm glad I hit the nail on the head with the jogging. I mean, yeah,
1: you did. That's exactly (laughs) what I do. You got it right on. Yeah.
0: Really interpreted him as a jogger, huh? Nailed it. I don't know. You you just strike me as a jogging, the jogging type, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. Despite despite the fact that you can't see me, that's exactly true. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I can see it now that you mention it. Yeah. I can hear it in your voice, man.
1: Yeah, you can hear it. I've got, I've got activity. You got jogger's voice.
2: voice. Sounds like he has a certain <laughs> pair of shoes to run out in.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, but yeah. So I, I like getting out, and uh, I like reading a lot. Um, so that's probably like the two big things that I do, other than, other than writing and working.
2: What is your favorite book?
1: My favorite book is. So Ever. I read a lot of nonfiction.
2: Uh huh.
1: Um, my favorite book is called uh the selfish gene by richard dawkins Ooh. it's a really really wild read i recommend it to anyone about how just evolution and how evolution has shaped the entire world um or the entire organic world and just it just goes through so well in such a interesting way of how unbelievable evolution is and just how every single trait every single you know part of every animal's body is serves an evolutionary purpose. Um, Nothing is by chance. It's all created for a specific uh, element to help you survive. So it's really interesting. Another good book about that is called sapiens about just how humans evolved and like the entire history of homo sapiens.
0: So you're, you're a big history guy. I think you mentioned that briefly before. um, Yeah. off the record, of course, uh, just so nobody's confused by that. But um <laughs> so yes, yeah. dude, have you ever uh listened? I'm sure you have, have you listened to uh Dan Carlin Hardcore History?
1: I haven't actually no oh,
0: man. He I guess it would be considered a podcast. He sort of does uh just like these little history lessons where he just kind of dives down the rabbit hole. And seriously, man, if you're if you're big into that stuff, if you're a history buff, then you will love this guy. Like I love history myself and I'm really big into like ancient history. Like you, you get me going like Rome, ancient Rome, big on that. Like, like Greece, uh, the just like, dude, this guy goes deep down the rabbit hole. He, he is so captivating in how he conveys it. I've listened to a a ton of different uh, people go on about these topics, but he engages you in a way that you just kind of you can't can't focus on anything but what he's saying. He just kind of grabs you. He's got one of those voices and he's got a charisma to himself. Like check him out. Dan Carlin hardcore history. He's on That YouTube. sounds amazing.
1: I'm going to have to listen to that. I'm always looking for new interesting podcasts to listen to.
2: You should also listen to S-Town cuz it's near where I'm from. S-Town. Yeah. Where are you from? Alabama.
1: Alabama. Wow. Yeah, you're still in Alabama.
2: No, dear God, no. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> in Washington, actually. I became a to Washington. I did not understand that. vote in their elections.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm uh, from Pennsylvania myself. We. There's like a group of us that all kind of found our way out here uh, at the same time for work. And then we decided to all stay, I guess. That was what
2: 2017. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's when we met. We
0: just decided to post up and stay in Washington. So there's a bunch of us from all over the country that kind of just convened here, became friends and decided to. The
2: state pays Home for state. my insurance. I got an X ray on my knee the other day. It was less than six dollars. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, paying full." Washington's great, man.
1: <laughs> that sounds amazing.
0: I know. And dude, if you ever, fought, I know you're you're right down in California. I know it's right not right <laughs> down, right down the street. It's hours and it's probably a fucking twenty hour drive. Dude, you're just gonna it's gonna really play.
1: far. You <laughs> would not believe how big the the West Coast is. It's dude, where I'm like so far away from you. Dude, like I have hours.
0: I've driven from Southern California up to NorCal Ooh. and it was like nine hours. And I think there was hours yet that I could have continued going north if I needed to. I
2: yeah, it's such mm-hmm. a huge state. I had a connecting flight to LAX like a couple of years ago and I swear I'd never go back to California after that. I like California. I had to catch a bus, bus on the there. tarmac. Like, what is that?
1: <laughs> they had to the what on the tarmac? I had to
2: catch a bus on the tarmac to take me to the plane.
1: Oh, yeah. LAX it was LAX really confusing. Was the worst. <laughs> yeah but i i like california too i would not be here if i didn't kind of have to be for work for sure and we're definitely i mean the states you know going down environmentally probably not too far away um i saw this picture of the drought in california over the past three years and it's like monumentally worse than just three years ago yeah. So I worry about California's future, but California's a pretty amazing state still.
2: It well, is, from what I've seen from a plane, it's pretty, but not on the ground at the airport.
1: <laughs> not in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a grungy city. But it it's not like good grunge, like, it's, you know, New York like, and New it's Orleans. Like it's like bad is like, grunge.
2: It has its charms. You know? <laughs> if
0: you're not from there. I lived yeah. in California for, I think, maybe eight months, and I don't know. I saw the underbelly of California at times, and it is not all palm trees and uh, bikinis.
1: <laughs> not at all.
0: That's no, all. No. I, I had this vision of what so, California so was going to be NFL. like. I, I guess <laughs> I was on my way there, and I was picturing palm trees, BMWs. I just want yeah. to, go to well, that's what all
1: the pictures have. All the pictures are just palm trees and BMWs and Mercedes, that's Katy that's and Perry, bikini women, and that's all it is.
2: Katy Perry was a goddamn liar. Well, she didn't mention any of the California boys. Well, I really—I <laughs> don't even know what that scene's about.
0: <laughs> They're
1: not as good as the California
2: girls, allegedly.
0: There was no cupcakes. I mean, I think I only saw Snoop Dogg once. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but now California's cool, man. And hey, if you ever find your way up, uh, we're over maybe two hours out from Seattle, maybe a little more. If you find your way up into Seattle doing anything in the future. Dude, you got you got contact with us now. Get a hold of That'd us. We'll like Hang yeah, out. Yeah, we'll like call <laughs> off work for the day.
1: <laughs> that <laughs> sounds great, <laughs> man. I, I'll I'll take you up on that for sure. Hell we'll buy yeah. you a
0: Starbucks or something. That's, there's a lot of them. That's what Seattle.
2: There's a lot of
1: there. Starbucks there.
2: Star Wars, yes. <laughs> Star Wars and <laughs> Starbucks. A lot
1: of Star Wars too.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah! All the all the Star Wars except the last three. They're good. terrible. <laughs> that's and,
1: another and, good set of movies.
2: How, okay, this is a fun thing I like to ask people. Boy, you like Star Wars, okay? So <laughs> okay. Uh, which one's your favorite? You like the prequels, you like the trequels, the threequels of the or the original trilogy? Which you one's know, your favorite? And you don't have to explain why, I just want to know.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm definitely not as big a diehard star fan Star Wars fan as many other people, and especially many other composers. <laughs> For a lot of composers, it's like the most amazing thing ever. Um but I like them. It's been a while since I've seen them, but I like the prequels, honestly.
2: Which Which one of the three is your favorite?
1: I don't know. I can't remember the, the differences. I told you, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. That's fair. That's fair. I'll tell
2: I you, wish I could tell you.
1: I <laughs> wish I could tell you. But I will say that I, I do enjoy watching them when I do see them. But I'm not like, I don't know them by heart.
2: Gotcha.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm I'm sort of a fair weather Star Wars fan myself, so I feel you on that. I got way more into the Mandalorian than I ever did with any, any of the films.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't seen the Mandalorian, but oh, I man. you are missing seen out. Good everybody in the world talking about it.
0: It is it is great, and yeah, you're It's even better than great. Get out from under that rock, man, and turn the Mandalorian on. Get
1: yourself. Yeah, no, characters. I'm gonna have to. I gotta watch that, and you know, I I do really like. The composer for The Mandalorian is really good. Is uh, his, name is, his name is Ludwig Goransson. Mm. He's a Swedish guy. Um, he also did, did Tenant and uh, he did. What else did he do? He did Tenant and then I think he also did Black Panther. And interestingly, he did the show uh, Community. Nice. Which is like, how do you go from community to tenant? Yeah. So he had a really
0: interesting career.
2: Isn't Tenet that weird movie that you and Robert went to? Christopher seeing? Nolan? Yeah, we saw it in theaters and I leaned over to somebody who's he's from Russia. English is not his first language and at one point I just looked at him I was like, "Can you understand a GD word they're saying because I can't?" And it was like this the the comp, the music was fine, except the sound editing was terrible. Like you had I, to watch it with subtitles.
1: Yeah, that's what I've heard. I actually haven't seen it yet. Um but I heard the sound is just horrible, especially yeah. I also do a lot of sound editing for both film and and uh, I'm doing more podcasts, too, um, uh, especially film. I love sound editing because that's like, you know, everything else, everything other than the music is all have to be edited, too. Yeah. So every car door, every piece of dialogue, every time someone drops a ball has to be cut and placed and edited. Uh, so I do a lot of that too. So it's shocking to me that a movie as big as Tenet could have such terrible sound editing. Yeah, You mentioned you know?
2: dropping the ball and they did really did with the editing department. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess they're like, I mean, we have to have the loudest sound effects in the world. It, but it's like, what what does that matter if you can't understand the dialogue?
2: Yeah, it's only blaring when they're talking about something that's like the major plot points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no casual conversation. You hear all that fine.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, I know it's supposed to be like a big. Uh, all your sensations are are all these sensations are coming out. You like, so you feel like you're in the movie because of how intense it is. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: They yeah. really try and envelop you in a bunch of uh, auditory stimulation. Um, right which is good in a theater, I guess, but it doesn't matter if you can't understand the
2: movie. You know, I had to watch it in theaters and then rent the movie with subtitles. Yeah, and I was there
0: (laughs) for it, but I still haven't seen it. I was in the same room, but it just, I could not, it could not keep my attention. I tried, like, hell. Like, it's cool, (laughs) but it's, like, a worse version
2: of Inception.
1: A worse version of Inception. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's a really really good movie,
2: B version movie of that.
1: Yeah, like a, yeah, exactly, like a bad remake of Inception. Mm-hmm.
2: Great value. Yeah, that's a
1: really good movie. That's another movie that's one of my top movies. Uh, Interstellar is also one of my absolute oh, favorite yeah, movies Oh, yeah, with Matt, in the Matt, world. Matt
0: McConaughey. Yeah, wow. with Matt
1: McConaughey, yeah. I
0: love <laughs> – I'm sorry, I kind of went stutter mode for a second there. But, yeah, Matt McConaughey, I love that movie. I've seen it. I'm not even going to lie. It took me – it's such a long movie it took it's a long movie, three attempts to make it through the movie without dozing off because I mm. tend to watch it. I, I made my attempts to, of watching it like in the evening and I'm just like chilling on my couch at the end of the day and I'm tired and I put that movie on and I would make it only so far and then I would wake up as the credits were rolling one night. I had to yeah. like force myself. I had a Red Bull sitting there and I made sure not to get too comfortable, but I got through that movie and was just, I love it. It is such a damn good movie. Murf. Such a weird, like, <laughs> ending to it too, with the bookshelf and everything. That's my biggest
2: issue with the
1: movie. Yeah, I, I love the way they did. I mean, I know, I think it doesn't actually hold up or anything, but I love conceptually what they did. I won't, I won't talk about it too much because in case people haven't seen it, but conceptually yeah, the what they did for, like, tying it all order... together is really good.
0: Well, I mean, when you're dealing with, you know. You say it like, as far as it holding up. We're dealing with uh, fictional pseudoscience anyway. This is, like, I don't really, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I bought it. <laughs> I didn't really look too far into it. I just kind of took it for
2: what it was and was like. Can, I just, can I just play devil's advocate here just for a yeah, second? Yeah, go ahead, Adam. right. I'm sorry, Jake. I know that you don't know me very well. And uh, <laughs> Tyler, I'm sorry as well, even though you do know me. But as far as my opinion goes, that movie, is especially concerning the bookshelf part, at the beginning of the movie, going into it being like, oh, it's a Christopher Nolan movie about time travel in space. I'm like, well, I'm going to figure this plot out real quick. And so at the beginning, he's like, there's a ghost in my bookshelf, blah, 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 blah. I was like, I bet it's her dad in the future, like in space. And then like at the end of the movie, when it, again, spoiler alert, sorry, everybody. But uh, <laughs> it takes forever when he gets to that bookshelf scene. He's like, oh, he's like slapping books out. And she's like, "My ghost. And then, like as an adult, she's like, "It was you the whole time." Like me and my friend Allie were the only two people in the theater, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Finally, she caught up to the rest of us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we move on with the story, please? <laughs>
1: For sure. I'm not saying it's not super obvious, but it's still fun to me, and just the the score and the the oh, yeah, visual That, that part's effects, amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. It's it's that's why you know as someone who's so involved in like the production or the post-production of a film just i have a major appreciation for a film that does that so well uh, cuz it's just like you're totally traveling through space with him you know that's fair but <laughs> uh, every christopher nolan plot is pretty simple yeah
2: if you, it's like if you with break down inception term. it's
1: it's not simple but it's pretty obvious
2: yeah, you can deconstruct it in a couple of sentences.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's certainly not simple. I said that and then I was like, wait, inception. And then I remembered it's not simple. But it's <laughs> it's, it's not it's not a complex emotional situation.
0: Right, exactly. I thought that movie was a roller coaster and I'm
2: sticking to that. The special effects were great. <laughs> Like I, I and was, the and the score is really good except for the blaring horns constantly. You know
0: the the third like fourth time when I finally made it to the bookshelf <laughs> scene, I was. Oh, like, oh, we're, we're like, back at uh, Interstellar. still. So. okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm still talking. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about it while you guys let it talking. go, Tyler. I could
1: think about it for hours without a doubt. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, did we change the subject? Where are we at We're now? Talking about Inception. Okay, I'm sorry. I hated that
2: movie.
1: <laughs> All right, well, let me let me ask a question about Inception at the end. Is he is he in a dream or is he not in a dream? No, that's I the point of the movie. Spoiler alert here, I guess.
2: That's the point of the movie because he doesn't care anymore. So like he lets it yeah. go. He got what he wanted. He it is not it doesn't matter if it's real or fake. He's that, happy. Is
0: that the point? Yeah. It, it just I think that that really matter. It's up it for doesn't interpretation, matter.
2: then they leave it up for interpretation if there even is something to interpret. But his now. character is no longer tied and bound by that one thing. He doesn't he lets it go. You're definitely
1: right. You're definitely right that the point is that his he doesn't he doesn't care anymore and that he he is fine accepting that he's there with his children. Right. But to me it's still like he is either in a dream or not in a dream. Um, I like the
2: ambiguity, ambiguity of that though. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. I do like
1: well, I, I, you know, there's nothing I can't stand more in the world than a simple ending. You know right. what I mean? Or a happy, you know, entirely happy ending. That's why I can't stand rom com movies.
2: Oh, rom coms. Yeah. <laughs> what is that movie?
1: Except for Marriage Story, I like that one.
2: I can't watch that. I don't like Adam Driver as an actor
1: what i love adam i think adams. he's a cool is person that your name is adam you don't like the competition i
2: don't know why you have this expectation out of that but okay <laughs> just because we're adams we should get along <laughs> coalition yeah but i get along with other just, jakes well, just see, yeah, that, okay well i teach their own. <laughs> yeah, sure <laughs> and, uh, that logic is airtight
1: i i know i know i but got like, good name <laughs> logic
2: <laughs> When I see Adam Driver or anything, I'm like, oh, it's Adam Driver. <laughs> like, whenever he takes his mask off in Star Wars, I'm like, please put the helmet back on.
1: <laughs> Adam's <laughs> put Eddie. Put the helmet so. back on, yeah. Okay. Mean, just,
2: his face is just, oh, it's Adam Driver. <laughs> That's it, every time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. His role in pop culture as like the um, the ugly hot guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: non- unconventional hotness.
1: Unconventional, uh, Yeah, unconventional hotness, exactly.
2: I think they call that cute. I don't know. It's I he has that, that voice, and he's an ex-Marine.
1: Is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's ex-military. He's a real ex-Marine?
2: ex-marine. I believe so, yeah. Wow. He was in the well, military. I'm pretty sure it was Marines. But also, why was he shirtless in that one Star Wars movie? It was completely unnecessary.
1: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, they got a... He looks like a
2: refrigerator us. box. Okay, Is
1: that's refrigerator fair, refrigerator? for sure.
2: The way he's shaped, it's like, look at me and enjoy your new fridge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I don't know, that'll draw me in. That sounds good. To that's
2: me. it. That's, that's why it made so much money. Jesus. Sales <laughs> skyrocketed because one space, that's a weird Star Wars reference, uh, you know, because of that movie with Adam Driver looking like a refrigerator box in Star Wars.
1: Yeah. No, that you're was, totally right. That was the, interesting. the tagline.
2: Yeah, sales took warp speed. Adam Driver he is a refrigerator box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Tag.
0: Coming this summer.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Adam Driver coming this coming this summer to your kitchen.
2: Adam. <laughs> yeah. He just starts getting a bunch of endorsements from refrigerator companies. And gets like a washer <laughs> and dryer. They start calling it Adam Dryer. Wow.
0: Oh, God. No,
2: okay. I tried. That was oh, bad.
0: man. That was right. This
2: podcast just right. became well, Tyler's just, pretentious podcast. It just tanked. Sorry, guys. <laughs> i, lost, I uh, made the worst choice of my life i we guess just, now
0: we just lost 50 percent of this show i think
1: so yeah <laughs> people will
2: go out of their way to unlike her
1: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna unsubscribe i gotta go
0: <laughs> okay dude sorry just right, trying to reel it back in all right <laughs> Wait, i do have a question a
2: legitimate question that's not anything related to what we previously were talking. all right about. give it to me okay so like say you're creating a new piece and it's not well-received like you expect it to, what do you do in that scenario?
0: He's been wanting to ask this question the entire time. I wrote it
2: down before we started talking.
0: Yeah, so I think he's just trying to get that in.
1: (laughs) Usually, usually you go through just a lot of rewrites. You know, you write something, like I said, you have the spotting session, find out what the director wants, and then you write something for a cue, and then you give it to the director, and almost every time the director says no this doesn't work this is what I want you to change and you just keep on doing that until the director says yeah I like this let's keep it
2: is it is it more of a change in like mood or pacing or is it like less piccolo you know
1: it can be it can be anything but like I said earlier you know I don't want a director to tell me less piccolo or take out this instrument unless it's obvious what the instrument is right um, it's best to just usually he'll he or she will say, um, you know, it's not sad enough or should be brighter and stuff like that. And you just kind of keep trying out new ideas until you get what, until the director says, until it fits the director's vision for the film. Um, And so I go through a whole lot of rewrites, but that's just kind of how it works. And like I said, you're trying to write, you're trying to write music that supports what the film is and what the director's vision for the film is. And so music is very, very interpretive. And so you could write a cue a million different ways and still achieve the correct result. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You could write a bunch of different stuff that all works. Um, And so that's where the composer comes in is, you know, you write what the director wants, but you get to the composer gets to really determine what the best way to achieve that is. And that's what I love about it is just that I can watch a scene and, you know, create something totally on my own as long as it is what the director's interpretation of the film is. Um, and, but the hardest thing of all for rewrites is changing the tempo, or changing the picture. So if if you get the film when it's not picture lock, which means you know the cuts might change and the pacing of the actual film, um, the hardest thing to do is to change your tempo map. To you know, you write a bunch of music, and then if the all the cuts get moved around, you have to really do a lot of work to move around your music to fit what the video editor changed. So that's the hardest part. It's not that hard to rewrite just, you know, a melody. The hardest part is to rewrite tempo and pacing.
0: Have you ever, uh, you know, just like, you have you ever gone to a director and you've just been, you're just like really pumped and proud of a piece that you uh, that you just finished and you're just psyched about it. You love everything about it. And then he just shits all over it. Has that ever... Pardon my, pardon my French on that, but your oh yeah, young. my French, oh friend. yeah,
1: <laughs> all the time, all the time. It's you know, like yeah, like I said, you could love, absolutely love, and this is the hardest part: is you could love what you wrote and you think it's the most amazing piece of music, and you think it just works beautifully with the film. It's so powerful, and then the director says, "Nah, this none of this works," and then you just have to swallow your pride and just scrap it all. I mean, you could use it for a later project maybe, but you know, ultimately, like I said, it's the director's say. So that's, that's a tough thing. When you write something that you're really proud of and the director says, no, this doesn't work. And I actually had that on a commercial, which is less artistic, these commercials. They're not, you know, it's less about emotion. But I wrote this super sweet, you know, Band horn line and i was like this is so perfect for this commercial the you know viewers gonna get super hyped and he's like nah we don't want this at all and you just kind of gotta accept it
0: that's that's brutal man (laughs) like i i don't know if i have the ability to just kind of uh swallow my pride on that i would try to fight back i don't know if i would if i would be the type of guy to look at the director and be like no no this is great and you're crazy if you don't think this is great. Like, do you ever try to do any pushback or do you just kind of bite the bullet and go back to the drawing board?
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely, it's a really interesting relationship between the composer and the director because there's, you know, each of you serve different purposes, but you have to really collaborate. And most important thing is communication. And so definitely sometimes um, I'll explain the cue To the director, and I'll explain what I was going for, and I'll explain maybe why he might be resistant. But I think it's still something we should do. And sometimes, you know, the director sees that and says, "Okay, let's keep it." Um, And so again, it goes back to trust between the the composer and the director. And so, if I tell the director that this is gonna work, and even though he doesn't like it it's going to work he has to trust me you know he has to really trust me to say okay i trust you let's do it do you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah so it's it's a tough it's a tough thing but it's also a really amazing collaboration when you're both creating this amazing piece of art or this amazing film you know you're both just creating a powerful story and you're just doing it in different ways. And so it's a really, you know, I love collaborating like that. And I think it's a, it's really amazing thing to do and it's super fun. And that's why I do it. Cause to me, it's just super fun to sit down with a director and, and figure out how can we tell this story?
0: So do you like, okay, let's say you get to the, the end of all of it. You've got the finished product. It's made it into the movie. They release the movie being the you know the score composer do you get like i don't know red carpet access to like premiere night and everything like that
1: um well definitely like i said i'm not doing films well, that yeah, i know but like are to it, premiered to on a red carpet but i definitely there is stuff like um you know the the director will show a screening to a private screening to all the all the crew and everyone who helped make the film. So I do that, but there's no like a uh, red carpet situation that, that comes much higher up the, uh, the ladder.
2: Let me ask you this. Have you ever had to score a movie that you thought was not a good movie?
1: Um, You know, not really so far. I'm sure that that will happen. Mm. Um, There's been no, I've never I haven't done a project whether it's a commercial or a, a movie or a podcast that I didn't some are better than others but I've never done something where I'm like wow this is absolute garbage
2: <laughs> like, um, and you like wasted your talents on it or something like that
1: yeah well I would never think that I wasted my talent on it if I'm getting paid you know <laughs> 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 I will without a doubt sure. do something Uh, you know I'm not going to waste good money on my artistic perspective. Uh, so if, it's, <laughs> if I'm getting paid for it, I'm going to do it, whether it's bad or not. You know, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it less, but I'm going to do it.
0: I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, um, yeah. I just looked at the clock and I mean, we're, we're happy to keep going. But uh, you said you you had some stuff going on around uh, 730. Do, you, do we need to wrap this up or what's the deal? I can do a
1: few more minutes if you want.
0: Excellent, man. Well, uh, what I would like to kind of get out of you before we part ways here, um, I like to ask our artistic types that come onto the show, uh, sort of the same thing to wrap it up. Uh, Do you have any, I don't know, words of wisdom for uh, folks out there that might be, you know, aspiring or interested in maybe pursuing, you know, composition professionally?
1: Yeah, so you know, like I said, I'm not some big budget composer yet, but I'll just speak from what I have learned um, and experience. It's just that, and I think this is probably true in in any industry, but especially art and um, especially if you're trying to make money from your art in the modern era, is that it's, you really got to, and this is a cliche, but you really do got to trust yourself. And there's going to be a lot of people who are trying to put you down. And especially when you're starting out, and maybe your art's not that good yet, or maybe you haven't done that much. There's going to be a lot of people and and things that are going to indicate to you that you're not doing a good job or that you're not Writing well enough, or composing well enough, or creating well enough. Um, and you really just gotta not let any of that get to you and just trust in yourself. And that's true for everybody, whether you're trying to be an accountant for a hedge fund or you're trying to score movies. It's just there's so much in the world that tries to tell you that you're not going to make it or you're not going to be good enough. But just, you know, trust in yourself and, and don't let that get you down and, and trust that you will make it. Um, because as long as you work hard and keep doing it for long enough, it'll happen. I think a lot of people are, it's not that they're not good enough. It's that they weren't patient enough and they quit before they made it. I think that happens to a, the big majority of people who didn't succeed in what they were trying to do. If you keep doing it long enough, it'll happen. It just, after you do it for like 10 years, you think it's never going to happen and you give up. But I'd say just persist, persist on it, keep doing it and don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it because you can.
0: Amen to that, man. Perseverance guys. You hear that? Perseverance. Exactly. Because I'm a day, big
1: believer in just patience and and perseverance and just trusting in that it will happen
0: i mean the the day the day you decide to quit that very next day could be the day that you know is your big break, so to speak, or you know you that very next day could have been the inspiration that launched you into the limelight for all you know like exactly. I don't, like
1: yeah I mean especially for film. Uh, Specifically, this isn't really true for actors because they got to get in when they're young, but for any other part of film trying to make it in in Hollywood is most of these people do not get into big films and big money until they're 35 or something, you know, or even 40. Get and that doesn't mean that they, it's just like, It's going to take a long time and you just have to understand it's going to take a long time and remember that.
0: That's awesome, man. Thank you. uh, Thank you for your perspective on that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was super great. Uh, Go ahead.
0: Oh no, I was, uh, I was just going to say, like you, you've got some stuff going on and uh, it looks like we're about, about at that point that we tend to wrap
2: things up anyway. I I, was just, sorry. Adam, we're just going to take turns interrupting each other because that's what we do best. <laughs> but, but that's now, good, both of you, Jake. It is amazing to have you on, good sir, and Tyler. Thank you for also trying to say that it was amazing to have him on. Well, there was that. I also <laughs> just I just wanted to ask if you had any other. Uh, I was smarter. You know, parting words
0: for our listeners before you uh, before we let you go, man. Just like in general, do you do you have any last words for the for the audience? And
2: are you related to Mary Kate or Ashley? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I
1: I don't. And actually I, I my name is O N and not Ian.
2: I thought about that, but I didn't feel like double checking on Google before I asked yeah. Good job, man. You didn't even that and I'm
1: I'm kind of glad I'm not related to them, so it's no problem. Honestly,
2: yeah. me too at this point. They just yeah. nosedived. <laughs> hey, they're <have> <laughs> not the I empire. I don't know how they nosedive from that, but whatever.
0: Not that I have you seen the, the trajectory that their lives took over the years. Not that I keep up on the, the Olsen twins or anything. Sounds like <laughs> you do more than I do, apparently. That's <laughs> something i don't know That's what It's yeah. just what I see in passing, <laughs> but yeah, you know, this isn't about them. This Sorry, is about Jay, this
2: Jake non related
0: Yeah. But yeah, Jake, do you have any uh, last words for the for the listeners tonight before you uh go take care of whatever it is? Before you you're about go away. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, um, I don't know, just keep keep enjoying life, do things that make you happy. Um, that's the most important thing, especially if you're in a really stressful work life you know, just make sure you give time to be happy and do stuff that you enjoy and stuff that makes you happy. Um, and just, you know, enjoy art, watch movies, listen to music, just enjoy life, I guess.
0: Hell yeah, man. Hey, Hey Jake, thank you so much. As Adam said, thank you for coming on. Thanks Thanks for taking time out of your day to be able to Sit here and talk to us for an hour and a half. Um,
2: This has been great, man. (laughs) This episode would have been possible without you. Yeah, I. I I don't really know (laughs) what this episode would have been. It's basically Tyler and Adam and Jake's pretentious podcast at this point, but that Uh, doesn't spoil anything. I'm
1: honored to be here. Yeah, it's so good (laughs) to hang with you guys.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's been real, and uh, who knows? We might we might call you back in
2: later on. Uh,
1: Yeah, anytime, man. Call me anytime.
2: Yeah, this is. I want you to get into a fistfight with John Williams. I,
1: I couldn't do that. I if for I was charity. in the room with him, I'd like you know, just end up on the ground at his feet for sure.
0: The charity fist fight. But who <laughs> will compose the fight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's gonna score the fight?
0: <laughs> Me or him. Oh man. It's a collaboration. There you it's go.
1: Collaboration, yeah. I'm good with no, that. collaboration. But no
0: man, it is <laughs> this has been really fun and um I don't know. Thank you so much. Uh this is it's gonna be really fun to edit. I I do our editing, so that will yeah, help at all. I just sit around and.
1: I like that editing podcast. Is not easy. It's not easy. I, I know for sure.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a task sometimes. Uh, some of you're episodes, a full time dad. Some you know? some are easier than others. Um, He's not a full time dad. He has their children. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this has been fun, man. And with that, I guess we'll. We'll let you go for now but you have a great night man and thank you so thank much you. Jay. Yo,
1: thank you thank you so much for having me on guys this has been really fun
0: you're awesome thank you, you got, so much you have a good night man
1: you guys have a great night bye bye
0: and he's, was, gone. Yeah, he th- he's, he's, he's gone he uh, left us <laughs> real quick he's gone he got right out of there hey guys that was <laughs> that was jake frederick Olson. this has been really fun hey thanks jake thanks for coming on uh Season two is gearing up to be awesome so far. Our guest last week, we got Jake here and the people that we've got planned. This is gearing up to be even better than the first season.
2: No offense, season one.
0: Yeah, no offense, season one. We love y'all. But (laughs) hey, with that that being said, I think that we're going to wrap things up. Uh, Thank you guys, as always. Thanks.
2: Yeah, thanks for listening.
0: This has been Tyler and Adam's Pretentious Podcast. You have a good
2: night. Bye, y'all.